and fans of the, the global revolution. As always, we're the coolest guys around. Just bring it to you. All of the wrestling which may have fallen under your radar. Not very far under your radar this week, I imagine, because this week we are talking exclusively about that big event on the wrestling calendar. That's right, it is New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, a few weeks ago, this event went down. Probably a lot of you have seen it, but you haven't heard our thoughts on it yet. Uh, New Japan, not a company that we always cover, but uh, it's hard to miss Wrestle Kingdom. You know, it's very significant. It's going to be on everyone's minds, so we are going to bring it to you because we are cool like that. And I do say we because, of course, I could not, would not, should not do this by myself. I'm joined by a lovely, wonderful man. He's my friend, and he should be yours. He's called Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Hello, everybody out there in podcast and internet land. Jeff here, Ms. Fan there. Welcome to the first proper edition of the Global Revolution in 2019. Last time we had our uh, end of 2018 awards, and this year we're getting on to our first show, first actual uh, wrestling coverage of 2019 with Wrestle Kingdom, the uh, arguably probably maybe the second or third biggest overall show on the wrestling calendar period. Yeah, WrestleMania might have something like Triple Mania or something from CMLL. Um, maybe ranks up there, but New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom, definitely, I'd say, top two, top three event of the year, a must-watch for all wrestling fans, I'd say, even if you're kind of like us and you don't necessarily super-watch New Japan all that often, but it's uh, definitely worth the time out to check it out, and that's what we did, and we are here this week on the Global Revolution to talk about it, and I uh, I imagine this should be a, uh, a fun-filled uh, discussion and episode, because... Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's Wrestle Kingdom. There's always stuff to talk about. There's some uh, some big changes maybe going on in New Japan as well. We're going to get to all of that uh, on this episode of the Global Revolution. Miss Van, let's, let's begin. Let's take it away. All right. Let's definitely absolutely do that. Uh, we're going to jump right into the proper card. I didn't watch the uh, six-man gauntlet or three-whatever-man gauntlet. Did you yes, watch it? Yes, it was. I, I did watch the right, uh, well, Never Open Weight then. Uh, six-man tag team gauntlet. Uh, multiple teams of uh, three people would come out and they'd wrestle matches and one would lose and a new team would come in. Um, we started with oh, let me remember, the Bullet Club team of Yujiro Takahashi, Hangman Page, and the villain Marty Skrull taking on the um, eccentric, esoteric, weird team. I don't know how you want to describe them, but it was Yuji Nagata, David Finley and Jeff Cobb, I I think <laughs> representing um, uh, Taguchi Japan. I don't I don't know, but um, they wrestled a match. Uh, the uh, face team, the not Bullet Club team, won when the Bullet Club uh, team started going through some uh, issues with one another. I think uh, either Page shoved uh, Marty Skrull or Marty Skrull shoved Page. He got rolled up. Ended up losing. Uh, which allowed the second team to come in, a team that I was kind of thinking was going to win the whole thing, in Hiroki Goto and the best friends of Chucky e. T and Beretta. Um, they came out and had a fun, uh, long exchange. I think one of the longest of the match uh, between you know two teams. This uh, Taguchi. I, I'm assuming I have no idea. Um, I want to apologize up front because I don't exactly follow New Japan. It's sometimes hard to you know, recognize who all is in these sort of nebulous uh, New Japan stables sometimes. So I've got no idea. But um, just when I thought the uh, Chaos Trio was going to win, David Finley hits another roll-up, and I think it was Chucky e. T to help his team advance one more time. Then the following team after that to come out and face uh, Finley, Cobb, and Nagata was none other than the Suzuki Goon Trio of Minoru Suzuki and, oh, I do not remember their names. Uh, Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith Jr. I no longer remember what their tag team Killer name. Elite Squad. It's Killer Elite Squad. There we go. Um, another uh, fairly decent exchange here. Not quite as good as the uh, previous pairing. Um, but uh, the Suzuki Goon team picks up the victory, leading to what I called on Twitter um, maybe one of the greatest trios of all time who should absolutely be immediately entered into King of Trios. This year, the last team for this uh, openweight six-man tag gauntlet match was the hodgepodge teaming of Togi Makabe, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Toru Yano. 
I don't know. Not, I don't think any of them are in the same like grouping in the same stable at all. And yet here they were all teaming together. Um, Taguchi and like that entire team is super over. Taguchi's hidden like flying hip attacks on Minoru Suzuki and just exploding the crowd. It was amazing to listen to. Um, and in the end, they actually managed to pull off what I'm assuming is a bit of an upset on the Suzuki Goon trio and win the match to become the new number one contenders to the uh, never open weight six man tag titles. Uh, Taguchi, Toriano, and Togi Makabe. I I don't know how they did it. I don't know why they did it, but I am just in love with this trio. This uh, show started off super well just because that's like the weirdest thing you can do, right? Like uh, of all the people you could put together in New Japan, like first off, Toriano and Ryosuke Taguchi are like the world's most natural pairing. I said on Twitter, like if you're gonna take two goofball weirdos. Who, do, who just have like ridiculous character sticks and were to put them together in New Japan to make like an amazing tag team. It would be Toriano and Ryosuke Taguchi, and then also Togi Makabe's there. I guess he's because he eats sweets. I guess he was. I don't know. I don't know why he was there, but he was there, and it was fun. And they won, and now they're uh, title contenders. So that's uh, that's something. Um, I had a blast with this. He had a lot of interesting. Weird teamings, and I really did enjoy the uh, Hiroki Goto and um, uh, Best Friends trio that came in there, uh, wrestling around with Jeff Cobb, David Finley, and Yuji Nagata. That uh, that stretch of that match between those two teams was probably the best wrestling of this match. Everything else was a little bit uh, was nearly as long, wasn't nearly as uh, intricate or interesting, um, but that part was good, and I think. Uh, not necessarily the right team one. I'm still very much into that Goto best friends team. But I was very pleased at the hodgepodge team at the end winning the match and becoming a number one contender. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say this was uh, worth the watch opening up the uh, opening up uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So, yeah, okay. I enjoyed it. Maybe I missed out then. I, uh, I can't say. Well... It's just, uh, it's the whole pre-show thing, you know, uh, if the company didn't think it was good enough to be on the show, then, uh, you just, uh, automatically lose some interest, I guess, but, uh, mm-hmm. sounds fun, um, you know, I should have watched just for Chuck Taylor, so, uh, maybe I'll go back, probably won't, to be honest, but still, glad it was fun, so, <laughs> good stuff. Indeed. All right, we start the show off proper with the guy that, uh, you may not want to talk about very much, I understand if you don't. Um, we don't need to, uh, well, the match is, uh, Kota Ibushi taking on Will Ospreay, and, uh, if you've listened to us before, you know it's the second name on that list that we're not super huge fans of, um, it's well-liked by a lot of people, definitely super athletic guy, not really my kind of wrestler, plus he's got maybe some personal stuff, which, uh, may or may not affect your, uh, feeling about him, but, uh, I'm gonna try to leave that aside for the moment, um, this is a match that I think a lot of people liked, I thought it was... Uh, a mixed bag, let's say. Uh, some stuff was definitely really cool. I'm a big fan of Kota Ibushi. I thought, uh, athletically, this was pretty incredible. Um, but, I don't know. I felt uh, it was sort of to the detriment of everything else. That uh, They were definitely trying to do some stuff which hadn't been seen before. So, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's not really my kind of thing. When you have Ibushi who's moonsaulting onto literally nothing just so he can get kicked in the air in a cool, quote-unquote, way... I'm not really yeah, into, like, the melodramatic, ugh. weird, like, Willa Spray does a flip, and then Kotobushi takes, like, two full minutes to turn around in slow motion and, like, gape at him because he never saw a backflip before. I don't know. Yeah, not not really so much for me. Uh, I didn't think it was bad, but it definitely had some stuff that uh, was just really, really not for the kind of fan I am right now. So uh, mm-hmm. your mileage may definitely vary, but that was my take on it. Yeah, this was definitely a, a flawed match. They had some, uh, I thought they had some pretty cool sequences. I liked the, uh, like they had a sort of back and forth, uh, sequence where both guys were like countering one another as they tried to like power bomb each other, yeah, uh, yeah. for a while. That was, uh, I enjoyed that. I actually really enjoyed the, uh, the, uh, spot where Ibushi is set up in the tree of woe and then, uh, uh, Osprey like gets down to his level and then they start slapping. You know, like I've seen that, you know, seated, I've seen that standing. Seen that with both guys like kneeling and stuff. Haven't really seen it with one guy in the Tree of Woe, so I thought that was a, a cool little thing. But um, sure, sure. yeah, that spot you were talking about, the uh, triangle moonsault onto 
absolutely nothing, so uh, Will Ospreay could kick him in the chest while he was coming down. The spot itself, the actual, like, thing is really cool. But, like, the the camera angle it was shot at gave it away that, like, Ibushi was... Either Ibushi was moonsaulting to the wrong side, or Osprey was standing on the wrong side. But there was so much, uh, like, differential in that uh, space that when Ibushi went to the one corner and Osprey was standing on, at the other corner, you were like, why? Why would you even... That, that's ridiculous. It's silly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it that, seemed like the spot which would have been great in, like, a multi-man match when you had something to aim for, but... uh. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like they were doing the spot just because uh, it was cool. I don't know. That was my impression. Yeah, big big same there for me. Not not wasn't my uh, favorite spot. And uh, also apparently, I don't know how true this is. Um, and something a lot of people have I've said have said I've seen, but I have no idea what the actual uh, validity of it is. But apparently, uh, Will Ospreay may have actually concussed Kota Ibushi. With uh, that yeah. uh, hidden blade uh, back elbow thing that he did to basically win the match. So, if that's true, not great. Not uh, not good. Not 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 good at all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like they came out here maybe with something to prove um, or something, but I don't know if they proved the right thing exactly. Because yeah, like very cool athletically. Yeah, you hit each other very hard. I don't know. Like you said, definitely some flaws. And uh, to be honest, for as much hype as there was around the match, the um, reaction really didn't seem to live up to that in general. I, yeah, I know no. some people loved it, but uh, the way people talked about it, it would be like this amazing dream match. But I, I haven't really seen anyone even talk about it as the best match of the night. So sort of went off the rails, maybe. Yes, indeed. I've seen. I've certainly seen better Kota Ibushi matches. He mm. tried his heart out in this match. Bless I've him. Seen but I've, I've seen better Will Osprey matches. Seen better Will Osprey matches. Um, I'd say about the one thing this match had going for it is that it didn't have any, at least for me, super annoying uh, near falls that should have won the match. It's about the <laughs> only thing that ha- didn't happen in this match that um, I could say was a positive. So, yeah, mixed bag match. And uh, going to be honest, for the show in general, I think the whole thing was a bit of a mixed bag. So I guess this is a fitting uh, start to the show if it, if you want to take it that way. Yep. Definitely see what you mean. Uh, I, I definitely felt overall the show was not really quite as good as uh, some of the past few years have been. And I feel like the um, fan reaction has kind of borne that out because, uh, I don't know, I just I haven't seen uh, as much excitement about it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the New Japan bubble is popping a little bit or just the show itself is maybe not as exciting as people hoped it would be. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. Uh, so... Um, there's, there's a lot of good stuff on it, too, though. We'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it all. Indeed, indeed. Um, move on to uh, the second match of the night, which I know is at least one guy that you're excited to talk about. Uh, it is the three-way IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship match. Um, the three teams are uh, Sho and Yo, which is Robopongi 3K, they're called, I believe. I should know. But uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kenimaru, uh, which is the Suzuki-Gun team. And then uh, Bushi and Shingo Tagaki forming the uh, LIJ, Los Ingobernables, section of the match. Um, this match was okay, I thought. Um, it Again, it was maybe a mixed bag, because uh, like, the Suzuki-Gun team, I don't know, they didn't really seem to contribute a whole lot, I thought. Bushi, I don't know what happened. I swear he didn't do like a single move in the whole match. But on the positive side, I do like Sho and Yo, and I thought they did well. And on the very positive side, I thought Shingo Tagaki looked amazing in this match. I thought he was, like, so far and away, like, the clear star of what was happening in this one. So much credit to Shingo Tagaki, uh, some credit to Sho and Yo. It was an okay match. I didn't really think much of it at the end of it, except, wow, Shingo Tagaki is still awesome. Indeed. Uh, I want to say, first off, Shingo's... Uh, in JPW look, his New Japan look yeah. is stellar, just yeah, just in general. And the fact that he's you know going without the singlet now, just got sort of has long pants. He looks bigger now. I don't think he actually is, um, but he looks just gigantic, like width wise, in a way that he didn't in a uh, Dragon Gate. So when he's in there with guys who are supposedly closer to his size overall and he still looks like he like towers and uh outsizes guys like show and yo and 
uh, El Desperado. He was like, oh, this is a uh, Shingo looks terrifying here. It's great. I love it. Um, Show and Yo did a good job. I, th- I thought they were uh, sort of the highlights of the match until it sort of became the Shingo show towards the end of it. Uh, they were doing pretty good work. But yeah, like the the Suzuki Goon team was like in there to get beat up for the most of this. Um, Bushi like didn't show up until the second half of the match, and even then he was even like, then, wasn't I, I there either. I was watching for Bushi because I actually really like Bushi, like probably more than most people. I really like Bushi, and I swear to God, I don't think he did a move in this match. I, I don't think it happened. I think he hit like one move to like clear one group of dudes out, and that was it. Yeah, like, like on the side and I couldn't of even tell you what it maybe. was. Yeah, so that that wasn't great. Like. I'll say this about pretty much every, like, first half match. All of them felt really shorted for time. Like, Hmm. they all (laughs) felt like they, uh, I don't know, just for for me, like, the majority of these opening matches felt like they needed even just an extra, like, two or three minutes to get some more stuff in and, you know, kind of make these matches worth something. And they feel like each and every last one of them, for the most part, um, just like did not get the time they needed to actually develop into something potentially interesting or good. And this match, I think a really clear example of that. Cause you know, nobody really did anything outside of Yo show and Shingo, which is fine, but like no Bushi really participated in this match at all. Um, I like El Desperado and he did uh, basically nothing but take offense. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was weird. It was weird, but uh, in the hey, end, Shingo hey. hits a whole bunch of offense and wins the match versus uh, Los Ingobernables, which is fantastic. So we uh, sort of to cleanse the palate of incorrect winners in matches, we now have uh, Los Ingobernables picking up the uh, junior heavyweight IWGP uh, tag title. So that's all right by me. Shingo looked good. I, uh, for what it was worth, for uh, well, what ended up happening. In it, uh, I had a I had a fine time with this match. Not a great time, maybe not even really a a good time, but a fine time with this match. Um, yeah, it was okay, pretty much was my feeling as well. Uh, definitely not bad, not really that good. I, I probably won't remember it. I st- I don't remember it that well right now, to be honest. I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a match. So there you go. Um, we move on to one of the matches that I was definitely anticipating uh, the most on the card. It's one we've seen before. Uh, the match is Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Tomohiro Ishii for the RevPro British Championship. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I dig seeing the RevPro Championship over here. I dig them featuring it well. Uh, I was just saying uh, to Josh Mo, who I watched the show with, um, I like so much that they have Zack Sabre Jr. in this featured role, and he's like... Uh, you know, he's over, and people care about him. And then I think back to a few years ago when they had, like, Adam Cole over to defend the Ring of Honor championship in, like, dead silence as nobody cared about him, you know? Oh, who did he face? So, who did he face in that match that we oh watched at that? He might have... Did he go twice? Because I, I think he fought O'Reilly once and maybe Jay Lethal once. I don't know. Jay Lethal maybe. was another one, yeah, who never got over too much in Japan. But, yeah, so just that guy for Saber. Uh, I really dig the RevPro relationship. Um, this was a, a really good match overall, I thought. Like all Saber-Ishii matches, it's never quite as good as it is in my head. I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't doesn't hit that really, really high level that I think this match really could be at. But mm-hmm. it's still a really good match. Like, it's really hard to go wrong with these guys. Uh, I'd say it's one of the better matches on the card, in my opinion, uh, or at mm-hmm. least for the kind of style of wrestling that I like. Yes, indeed. Definitely share pretty much all those sentiments. It was a good match, maybe even a great match, but it wasn't quite as, like, next level as you kind of expect from both uh, Saber and Ishii individually. I don't know if they don't have... I mean, I, I feel like they do have... They've got, like, you know, charisma and chemistry together. Um, I just... I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that uh, quite prevents them from sort of breaking that uh, glass ceiling of greatness, but the match itself, still really good. Um, I think the most uh, patently bizarre thing I saw in this match, um, at, at one point, I think uh, Saber like, catches uh, uh, Ishii's arm and basically literally steps over him, like standing up, 
to start like applying an arm bar, like literally just like stepped over Ishii entirely to like get him down on the ground, do like a seated arm bar at one point. I was like, that's a huge size difference that I, I noticed it at like the beginning of the match. Ishii's, you know, <laughs> short, pudgy, you know, barrel chested man and Zack Sabre Jr. Very tall, very lanky, um, significantly taller than uh, Ishii is. And, just him like grabbing the arm and literally, and like I said, he was not like sitting down. He might have been like slightly bent over, but it's not like his knees were like on the ground. And Saber just like literally stepped over him and started applying a submission hold. I was, I, it was cool, but I was also baffled. Like, oh my god, really? Did that just? Did I see what I think I saw? I think I did. It was weird. Um, in general, though, like I think Saber's at the top of his game here. He's doing some really cool stuff. He constantly he's working the uh, the right smashing arm of Ishii and then baiting him into uh, stuff. And every time it looked like Ishii was you know taking some shots and starting to build up that strong style uh, sort of feeling for him. Every time he would then proceed to try to do a big shot, basically uh, Saber had a counter for it, which was really cool. Um, yeah, this was this was a solid match, really good match, I thought. Um, in the end, Saber ends up picking up the victory, um, utilizing the uh, Majikatame, the octopus stretch for uh, clasping both arms and submitting out uh, Tomohiro Ishii to win that uh, British uh, heavyweight championship of Rev Pro. So that was cool. Enjoyed this match. Um, it just it, it felt like it was lacking something. But that's that lacking didn't necessarily make this a bad match. It was very good, very fun, like uh, pretty much every uh, Saber match is and pretty much like every Ishii match is, just maybe not quite to a uh, breathtaking uh, level. Good right, stuff, though. Right, Yeah, it's just something about, uh, on paper, it just looks so amazing. Like, you have Saber, who's like this freaking living scalpel of a man, and then you have Tomohiro Ishii, who's basically like an impenetrable rock, and... I don't know. It just, it, it definitely feels like there's like a, a five star all time match between them that could happen at some point, but I don't know if it will. I don't know. Um, we follow this up with another kind of meaningless uh, three way tag title match. You know, this, I, I, I just really want to quickly say this actually <laughs> like upset me that oh, no. they apparently had like no ideas overall for their tag team division that they were just like, we're going to basically do the same match structure twice. You're well, just going to have never do really. I mean, they never have in all the time I've watched new Japan, you know, it's always this at wrestle kingdom. They always have these kind of like throwaway tag matches. They don't really push their tag teams very much ever. Really? I mean, do they, uh, they never get really talked about. So, mm. I mean, well. true, I guess, but it was just for whatever <laughs> reason, the fact that it was too like, uh, three team like triple threat tag team yeah, matches they couldn't, couldn't differentiate separated by off, one yeah. singles match for whatever reason I was just like are you kidding me this is the epitome of like lazy booking like this this sucks this is for sure for oh, sure it's very upsetting yeah um and it was really even very similar I think to uh to the other tag match in that it didn't really stand out very much and I thought especially here the crowd really didn't seem to care that much about it. Uh, it was sort of just the match that was there. Like, Sonata is really good. Um, everyone in it is, like, okay, but I don't know. It's just nobody really stood out except Sonata uh, a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. There's some weird stuff in here, too. Like, it's on me because I don't follow New Japan storylines that closely, but I don't understand why the Gorillas of Destiny are, like, not breaking up the Young Bucks, trying to make, uh, you know, um, Evil tap out, but they are, like, pushing the rope towards him so that he'll like get a rope break uh there's like a lot of guys running around like i know bad luck folly okay that makes sense i know enough for that but there's the dude who was the dude who was like i don't painted know white I, okay so right I don't we, we are not like dude out people. there we, I, we followed a reasonable amount of new japan but this is just like mysterious to us so i, I don't know maybe it's on me a little because i i watched with the japanese commentary not the english um but I could not sit and listen to Don Callis, who I know some people like him a lot, and that's fine. I cannot stand him. He ruins matches for me. Um, so I guess that's on me to some extent. But, yeah, I don't know. This was such a forgettable match, I thought, and kind of a sad way, honestly, for the Young Bucks to go out of New Japan. Um, 
I, you know, like them or not, they've done a tremendous amount of hard work over there, and they've been uh, really significant at times, and this was just, you know, they didn't do a bad job, they didn't turn out a bad performance, but just, like, no one really seemed to care, and it was just sort of there, and like you said, it's just completely lazy to just throw them out there in this random, meaningless, three-way tag team match, so, mm-hmm. oh well. Yeah, the Gorillas of Destiny, and... I guess they're part of the OGBC or whatever yeah, it is. Whatever on earth that is going. Because th- it's like, is it a Bullet Club thing? But no, they're not the Bullet Club anymore. They're the elite. Uh, so, yeah, I have no idea. I don't understand what's going on at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't follow New Japan enough, specifically because, you know, I'm not a big uh, Bullet Club person at all, as anybody will probably be able to tell you. Right. Um, so, I vaguely know what's going on in this storyline, and I actually, I kind of dug. Them allowing the uh, Bucks to try to get the submission win, only to come around and then push the ropes towards them. It was but it was why? weird, but I I just I don't know that okay. it's kind of like they're gonna we're gonna try to be sneaky uh, backstabbers here, and then it didn't pan out for them. So I guess it was, it was ultimately meaningless, but I appreciated what they were trying to do. Yeah. I guess um, then there was it was weird and also awesome i guess when sonata started just doing planches like endlessly on everyone that, that was cool that was probably the that only was, thing i'll remember I, from this match i dug that um i i really appreciated the uh los and gobernables team winning here also yeah. a, a good victory for I'll them say, uh, yeah, I like in it. both of these tag matches uh i really strongly felt the right team won so at least they have that going for them indeed smart booking decision on that front uh, Evil and Sonata win to pick up the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, and that in and of itself was good enough for me. The rest of this match was existent. That's about the only thing I can really say for it, is that it happened, and I watched it visually. I took it in. I didn't retain much, but I took it in, and the right team won. So that's that's fine, I guess. <laughs> It, it but yeah, good on happened, a. So. It certainly happened, and and good on a Los and Um I still, I think, uh, I still think uh, New Japan maybe uh, made a slight mistake in not capitalizing on uh, Naito the way they should have. They kind of were for a while, and it felt like he, they kind of dropped off and kind of dropped the ball with him. But at least Los and Gobernables de Japón are still very over. Um, pretty much everyone in that stable I really enjoy as wrestlers, and they're still picking off accolades. So you know what? That's that's good. That's a I think a positive uh, sign for the group that they at least still have a lot of fans and at least a little bit of faith from the uh, New Japan uh, whoever is in charge. So that's good. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, cool. We move on to uh, the next match, which is uh, Cody Rhodes taking on Juice Robinson for the IWGP. United States Championship. Oh, this um, match. This match. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Okay. I don't actually know what you mean by that. So, uh, I'll just I, say uh, you, you were not a fan of this match, I take it. It's not a fan of this match. Not a fan. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. Uh, this match uh, definitely seems to be most people's pick for uh, Worst of the Night. Maybe you can tell me why, because I don't know. It, it wasn't a great match. But it was a fine match, I thought. Like, I enjoyed it. I like Cody. I like Brandy. Uh, I like their act together. I still don't really get Juice Robinson. Like, he's supposed to be really good now. I don't know. He seems just kind of there. I don't know. But uh, I, I don't know. I didn't really have a, a problem with this match. So so what's the issue? Tell me about it. See, you said you like Cody. Yep. You like uh, Brandy. And you like yeah. their uh, their work together. Do I do not. I do not like Cody. Not like Brandy, and I really didn't like them essentially repeating uh, spots from the Nick Aldis match from All All In a few months back and doing the, you know, I'm going to run interference and, you know, I'm going to cover my man before he gets splashed on from the top rope. And it just, it, 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 to me, it made the match a little bit unbearable. Just a little bit like I've already seen this. This isn't inventive. This isn't. I didn't really super enjoy it the first time until they called us crushed everyone in what I thought was a interesting spot here. It's just, I don't know. This was not um, particularly great for me. I'm not a big Cody fan in general. I don't hate him. He's not like the worst wrestler ever, but I'm never like, there's rarely a time where I'll see a Cody Rhodes match and be like, oh boy, Cody's in this match. I really got to watch him. I'm like, okay, Cody's here. This will be, uh, this will be all right. I guess I can at least, uh, Watch it and know it won't be like a god awful match, but it'll be a it'll be a match. It'll exist. Um, 
I I don't know. This just it, this was not my cup of tea specifically for all the the brandy interference and especially the lay down. Please don't dive on Cody spot was just seen it before. Wasn't super keen on it then. I don't recall. Not super keen on it now. And even if I was keen on it then, like I don't know. It just it. I've already I've already seen it. You already did it. No need to do it again. This was this was just not um, overall just super great. I didn't think the action in the match in and of itself was particularly uh, noteworthy either. Um, I don't know. This was a uh, I thought a fairly mediocre match uh, made worse with uh, the involvement of Brandy and sort of just repeating what they did at a uh, all in. So yeah, this was not 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 my favorite match on the night. Not at all. Well, uh, I have two thoughts on that. One, um, I don't know, like, I get what you're saying, and I sort of had the same thought, um, that, uh, it was a spot I'd seen before, but I kind of expect spots to get repeated in wrestling. I mean, like, you know, it's kind of, uh, the nature of the beast, like, you're going to see similar spots, uh, from similar people, you know, it's kind of just, uh, part and parcel to the act of wrestling, you know, sort of signature stuff so well yes i um, I mean i understand that there's going to be like signature moves signature sequences mm -hmm. that people do but this one in particular does not feel like something they need to be repeating uh, on a sort of that's that 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 was my really big issue because the first time it happened you're like oh man that's you know that's you know plays into maybe part of the story that you know kind of makes sense here was I, i don't know i just didn't get that same uh, sensation here is more like they were trying to uh, repeat something that had worked previously without any of the other, uh, maybe any of the other context or any of the other drive that made it uh, potentially work the first time. It just felt like, oh, we did this at, you know, all in. We did this before. Why not just do it again? And it was it, this time. It just, for me, it just dragged down the match even further. Fair enough. Um, like I said, it didn't really bother me that much. I will say, uh, I did kind of think maybe it was going to build to something more than it did, because, uh, yeah, Brandy did it, um, and then she left, and she came back and, like, kind of beat up Juice a little, which I, I enjoyed. Actually, I appreciated that. Uh, then she got kicked out, and then Cody just sort of lost, like, shortly after, in a sort of anticlimactic way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, not, not a great match by any means. Uh, I enjoyed it overall, so maybe your mileage will vary based on how much mm -hmm. you like Cody, how much you like Juice, uh, all that stuff. Um, I thought there were plenty of matches on the card which were blander and more forgettable, uh, at least for me personally, but I can see why. This might be uh, one of your least favorite matches of the night, so mm -hmm. fair enough. Uh, moving on, we get to... Uh, I'm actually, I really haven't seen that much positive buzz for it. I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe just due to the runtime, because I had a great time with it. I thought it was uh, one of my uh, favorite matches of the night, to be honest. Is Kushida taking on Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Championship. Uh, and for a long time, I've actually probably liked the juniors division more than any other division in New Japan, just because you have this incredible class of performer, uh, generally speaking, and they're not really bound by the confines of some of the other big title singles matches in New Japan, where you kind of have to go 40 minutes or, you know, you didn't do your job. Um, so this may be a little too far the other way. It's probably, I don't know, 12, 15 minutes, something like that. But, yeah, I don't know. I love Kushida. I thought he looked phenomenal in this match. Uh, I think Ishimori looked very good. Is he still in the Bullet Club? Is that a thing still? Yes, I think okay, he's... I was trying to figure that out. I, I don't know which side of the Bullet Club he's on. I was going to say, yeah. But I'm I pretty sure he's, he's still in the, in the Bullet Club, I yeah, think. I um, either way, um, I definitely share your sentiment with this match, and uh, I think this might be, if not my first favorite match, then at least my second favorite match on this entire show. Too. Yeah, for sure. Because this was a lot of fun. Um, kind of like you, I share that uh, sort of same overall sentiment about the juniors because you have Kushida. You know, before his injury, you had Hiromu Takahashi, who was world class. You'd have guys coming in like Dragon Lee, who could do a lot of fun stuff. You know, you just the, the New Japan Juniors. Um, even though you might not feel that they get quite the same amount of love as like the top level um, heavyweight talents, um, really just some really one of the best rosters I think. 
in the world when it comes to having you know that sort of subsection of your roster. Yeah, just just sure. the guys who have been in the uh, New Japan Juniors division are just, I think, some world-class talents. And I really think uh, with the time they got, um, Ishimori and Kushida definitely proved that to still be true to this day. Because yeah. I loved this match. Both guys are sort of working some more submission stylings, trying to get over on one another. Um, you had the really cool spot, I thought, of uh, Ishimura kind of has this sort of like tombstone pile driver into uh, like uh, like chest breaker, uh, code breaker style move. If I remember correctly, I think uh, this is when Kushida like catches it and then like throws it onto the referee so he can do the running uh, arm punt that he does. Mm-hmm. Yep, was, like, that was fun. Awesome. I remember that from the uh, Strickland match in uh, OTT. It was very good stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that was a cool spot. Uh, just just in general, I thought both guys were really just going out of their way to work simultaneously a smart match and a cool match. I think yeah. they really uh, did a great job of you know mixing their high spots and intense action with you know really smart and you know thought out you know submission stuff and limb work and you know selling that stuff every once in a while. You know, it, just in general, I thought this was just. Maybe the smartest, well put together match of this card overall. Mm. You know, wish it got maybe a little bit more time, but that's not for me. That wasn't really a complaint right. overall. Like I thought it was, you know, very well paced, very well put together. A lot of fun from beginning to end. Um, was not foreseeing Ishimori winning. Gotta be honest, even though I knew Kushida uh, was leaving New Japan. You, know, <laughs> be on you, his, uh, you were fooling yourself then, I believe. <laughs> yes, uh, at least. While I was watching the match, I was like, oh, Kushida's got this. And then Ishimori uh, pulled it out. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I don't know. This match really, really worked for me. Really believed in both guys. Really started, you know, towards the end looking at uh, Kushida and being like, oh, he's got this. He's got this in the bag. And then he didn't. But it was it was good. This match really ruled. Um, if I'm going to suggest uh, pretty much anything from the show, this is definitely a uh, I think maybe the top thing to look out for is this match here. Shida Taiji Ishimori, uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship, just a phenomenal fun bout. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. And like I said, one of my favorite on the card. I wish I was getting uh, more love out there, but uh, you and I will have to do for this one. Indeed, as, uh, as we sometimes are want to do for yep. certain matches and promotions and things. <laughs> Our tastes are just a little bit different, yeah, and that's uh, that's okay. All wrestling that's is subjective, fun. so. Uh, all right, we follow that up with a match that, uh, I'll be honest, just up front, uh, it's probably my least favorite match on the card. It's not a bad match, but it's the match that I ended up caring least about. I was kind of curious about it, but I don't know. The match is, of course, Kazuchika Okada taking on Jay White. I guess, like, Ooh. for the leadership of Chaos, sort of, like, implied, I don't know. Um, I don't get Jay White. I, I don't understand how he appeals to anyone. I certainly don't understand the idea that New Japan may be trying to use him to replace Kenny Omega when he goes off to wherever he goes off to. I, I don't get it. He's got, like, bloody scratches on his trunk, but nothing about him is violent or intimidating or dark or anything. He's just, like, this bland generic guy none of his offense looks like intimidating or even particularly painful it's just sort of there i don't know okada i thought did kind of what he could with this Uh, i liked he had that interaction with gato i thought that was nice i thought uh, he threw a few really good moves in this match but then okada who wrestled kenny omega for like three straight days or whatever their last match was he goes down in about 15 minutes to this geek, Jay White, and I don't know, like, maybe this was never going to be for me, just because I really, I want to get Jay White. I've asked people to help me get Jay White, because some people really like him, and that's great. I'm trying to, like, tap into that, but I'm just not getting it at all. He's like, I don't know, I saw him, like, a year or two ago, and he was, like, a fine, like, kind of high-flying guy, maybe he would be good in the juniors division, probably not champion, but, like, he could do some decent stuff here. And now he's in this role, and I don't know, he just looks so in over his head to me, like, just just lost. 
Um, so I don't know if there are great Jay White matches that are going to make me get him. Please feel free to shout me out. I am uh, at Spectral Gents on Twitter. Point me to where I can freaking understand why this guy has any sort of uh, focus on him at all. But, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it wasn't a bad match. Okada worked hard. Jay White, it's not like he's not trying. Like, I can see him trying. I can see him trying too hard, if anything, to be this thing, which he is so clearly not. But, yeah, I don't know. This this one was really not that much for me. I'm going to say um, I loved this match. Actually. Holy crap. Oh, man. That's, that's, I had, the, that's the biggest swerve that we've ever had on this show. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, then you're I, the one. You can tell me what the heck is happening. Here's the thing. That. Here's the thing. I can't tell you anything about Jay White because oh, okay. I, I right. like this match happened. And for me, this was the Okada show. Okay. This you know was, what? I'll accept that because I did think Okada did a really good job. So I thought Okada. <laughs> okay. First off, Okada comes out. He's got his money back. He's got his blonde hair. He's no longer – you know, the red hair with the balloon. He's, yeah, he's, he's all back the right control. trunks, not the long pants, yeah. Yes, and he, he like, you know, he takes his uh, big robe off, and he's still got, like, a big thing on. He takes that off, and he's got he's got the short boys. He's no longer got the long boys. Long boys are gone. He's got his short tights <laughs> back. He's got the thighs out. He's looking good. Um, the fans, to me, that's what really made this match. The fans were hot. Fans were hot. This can't match. Can't argue with that. And Okada... I don't know. To me, this match, um, of all the things it did, to me, this match solidified, you know, beyond question, beyond doubt, Okada as, like, the face of New Japan going forward. That was probably already the case, but, like, he comes back, he's embracing the Rainmaker gimmick again, and the fans are just eating it up. At one point, um, he, uh, he's got Jay White on the outside, and he, Gato tries to, like, fight him off and stop him and he just turns around he's just like staring at him he throws him into uh you know over the barricade into where jay white is you know starts clapping gets the fans clapped along and does the huge like run across the ring and then leap over the barricade to splash onto both of those guys for like celebrating with the fans that was the match or the the, the moment of this match for me it was just yeah, just no, that incredible like just sequence there where the fans just exploded for Okada. That was, to me, that's what this match was all about. Okada was like in the groove, doing his thing, like performing super admirably, um, carrying Jay White, I'd say, because I'm, I'm very much there with you. I thought he looked better in this match, um, but that was more because like, him and Okada were going back and forth on, like, setting up the Switchblade move and then setting up the Rainmaker and just back and forth countering uh, towards the end of this match, which uh, I really enjoyed. But I don't know. I'm very much like you where I don't really get Jay White. Everybody, like, you know, loses their marbles about how good he is and how cool he is and how the Switchblade character works. And it doesn't. It just no. it doesn't. I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I will say I think... If I remember my New Japan uh, stuff correctly, I think uh, both Gato and Jay White have officially left Chaos, and I think they're associated with the uh, Bullet Club OG, the BCOGs, if I remember correctly. That's a very so, unique association. <laughs> I, I, I agree, but I think that's, if I remember the, uh, the gifts and the videos and the uh, understanding correctly, I think that is what is a... Uh, gone down so not necessarily a match for the control of chaos but definitely a match where some chaos guys turned on okada and he's trying to get revenge on them um unfortunately does not um one yeah. uh, switchblade is apparently uh, way more devastating than any amount of v triggers or <laughs> one winged angels or anything else that kenny omega has ever done to okada so that's that's what it took um, and Jay White won, and to me, it doesn't necessarily bring down the match. I still had a great time with it, still just loved Okada. For me, at least, seeming to go just balls to the wall, just, like, you know, doing all of his stuff. Everybody's in love with him. Um, so, so that was great. Um, him losing, not so great, but for me, at least, it didn't super bring down the match or anything, but, uh, at the end of the day... Really good match. Still, uh, still not feeling Jay White, but Okada just absolutely did it for me in this one. 
Yes, yeah. Well, you and me uh, are not as far apart then as I thought, because uh, I agree Okada did a lot. For me, though, it very much mattered that he lost to uh, this geek, Jay White. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, here, Okada's going to, like, kind of reclaim his position at the top of stuff and beat this nerd. But, no, he just lost, and he lost he lost sort of easily, and it did bother me. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wasn't super in love with um, one switchblade or whatever he calls it, yeah. the uh, spinning reverse STO to, to knock him down. Because, like, once again... You know, he took all his offense from Kenny Omega and continuously either beat him or, like, drawed with him, drew with him in matches. And I'm still never going to get over the one match he had with Minoru Suzuki where he was in leg locks for, like, 20 minutes and still managed to find his way to victory. Um, but but Gato being on the other side and one switchblade was enough for Jay White to beat Okada? You know, when Okada has literally just come back to being, you know full-fledged rainmaker gear and money showers and everything and one switchblade did it i don't i don't i don't quite quite buy that that's not uh that's not the okada i know so that's not great and also i i I don't get jay white i don't i i've seen people it's weird people have described jay white as being like you know a tryhard but have said this like in support of the Jay White Switchblade character. Like, he is trying so hard. He is doing so, so much. And it's just so edgy and silly and ridiculous. And that's why we love it. It's like, really? Him essentially trying too hard and literally coming off like an edgy caricature of a character is good? I don't get it. I don't don't get why people like Jay White. He's a a fine in-ring performer. I guess, but this character just—it doesn't do it for me. He just yeah. looks like, um, and it also doesn't help that I think he kind of looks like a Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, and it just really drives home the like <laughs> the trying too hard bit. Like, just at one point in this match, I just looked at him and was like, "It's just Kylo Ren," and Kylo Ren is a geek, and Jay White Switchblade is a geek. Just just punch him in the face a few times, make him cry, make him go home. I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I don't, yeah. don't do Jay White. I don't do Jay White. Sorry, it's just how it is. Yeah, I, I don't get it. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll figure it out at some point. But uh, anyway, from there we move on to uh, and I don't know. We might we might be uh, on different pages again here. We move on to Tetsuya Naito versus Chris Jericho, Noel's Bard for the uh, IWGB Intercontinental Championship. And I, kind of in spite of my expectations, really enjoyed this match. Uh, I have not loved. Uh, midlife crisis juggalo Jericho uh, in his run in New Japan, but I thought in this match at least he really tapped into kind of like almost an old like lucha guy thing where he basically was just there to brawl and like wreck shit as much as he could and not be fancy or athletic or really do anything uh, except just brawl and smash stuff and um, and you know what that actually worked. Really well for him, I think. And Tetsuya Naito was freaking awesome in this match. I thought uh, it's as good as he's looked in a long time. And he almost always looks great because he's, he's Naito and he's awesome. So this really uh, surprised me with how great it was. I, I came in with sort of middling expectations, uh, but I thought it was great. I thought it blew away uh, Jericho's match at the last Wrestle Kingdom um, and was just really... Really fun to watch. Uh, a lot of great stuff going on here. Yeah. Like you, I came into this with middling expectations. Uh, unlike you, I think I left with my middling expectations uh, fulfilled and uh, met by this match. Um, it, it, I don't know. I just, I don't, kind of like I don't do Jay White, I don't really do Chris Jericho. Um, I, I do appreciate that he wasn't trying to be like, high-flying, submission expert, coolest man on earth, Chris Jericho. Mm. Uh, that that definitely worked, I think, to his benefit in this match. And I will say, the uh, the DDT he ended up hitting on uh, Naito Ooh. on like the announcer's uh, length of table was actually a really, really solid spot. I really, really dug that in particular. It was like, okay, 
I, I that that kind of you know got me interested in this match as I was watching it. Um, so all that you know, all that is good and fine, but just in the at the end, this match just didn't quite just didn't quite do it for me. Um, nothing really too much to say about it other than that, at least on my end. Like this, it was a brawl. Um, I wasn't super in love with it. Didn't necessarily hate it. Um, like I said, it kind of hit my middling expectations. It was all right. Um, Naito certainly looked good. I enjoyed seeing him do some stuff, um, especially some of the work with the kendo stick he had, especially later in the match where he was really kind of getting into it and using it like a baseball bat at one point and really like, you know, winding up for a swing here and there. Um, that was fine. I don't really love Naito's, uh, um, his codebreaker bump. I don't know what it is. It just seems really ridiculous how he like, like flails into the air as he gets pulled down. Something about that just doesn't quite, uh, like it should work, but it, I don't know. It just doesn't. It just ends up making <laughs> it seem ridiculous as opposed to eh, impactful. The code breaker is um, always ridiculous and I would never accuse fair. it of looking impactful. Um, so. <laughs> that's um, fair. That's I will fair. say though, uh, kind of related to what you were saying about the last match, man, if you needed any proof, that Tetsuya Naito is as big a star now as he ever was. I think this match is uh, really part of it because, man, the crowd was just melting down every time he made a comeback, and I thought they structured it really well to really maximize um, the crowd uh, reaction for that. I thought it was really well put together as far as that was concerned. That, I think, is absolutely fair, and I agree there because, dude, Anything Naito did in this match was, like, just bonkers to the mm-hmm. fans. I, I, I love that in particular. I think maybe that's why I ended up appreciating this match um, more than I necessarily think I personally believe the match is worth. I.e., like, the action to me wasn't super great. There were a few things here and there, and normally I just completely write this match off. But I think just Naito being so over and Naito being so Naito um, really helped make this match even for me a sort of like okay experience because <laughs> I, I don't know I, I just I appreciate it when you kind of watch something and you know uh, people just like are into it I don't know that, that, that can really help sometimes uh, elevate something that you know maybe not be great in your eyes but at least it has you know that going for it, that people are actually invested in it, it kind of gets you at least a little bit more invested in it um, and that's how I definitely feel about these last two matches. One to a great degree <laughs> of its success, and the other one to, um, unfortunately, not quite as much success. But, um, yeah, Naito looked good. Naito had everybody eating out of the palm of his hand. That was great. I just, uh, I really, um, about the same level you don't do uh, Jay White is the level I don't do Chris Jericho. So I think that's why uh kind of ended up flip-flopping on our feelings for these matches, these last two. So. Once again, that is what it is. That's how it goes sometimes. Yep, yep, fair enough. Sometimes, uh, yeah, that's just how it is. Um, but yeah, last and definitely, well, your mileage may vary, but uh, the final match of the night is Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Kenny Omega in a uh, fairly anticipated match uh, to headline Wrestle Kingdom. And... Um, the crowd loved it. Dave Meltzer loved it. Fans of the New Japan main event style loved it. Uh, kind of had everything it was supposed to have to be one of those matches. Personally, I thought it dragged very, 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 very much. It was about 40 minutes long, which was about double the length, I think, that I would have preferred it to be. And, um... I don't know, like, Tanahashi, uh, he impressed me a lot in the G1 Climax. I remember surprising you with how much I liked that match, Uh, and I really (laughs) do think he was a big part of what made that work. But historically, I have not been a huge Tanahashi guy, and I think that came back here in a pretty significant way. As for Omega, how many bloody times can you see a man hit a V-trigger? You know, I don't know. I don't get it. You know, there's about 100 of them in the match, he'll, he'll do all this stuff, um, you know, guess what, someone will target his knee, and he'll kind of hiss and grab at it, but guess what, he can still run a million miles an hour, and it doesn't really have anything to do with how the match goes, 
you know, I don't know. Like, neither of these guys are really for me. I kind of knew that going in. Definitely wasn't a bad match. I loved how much the crowd was into it. Uh, I totally got what they were doing. For me, though, it was boring. So that's that's the most I can say about that, I guess. I, uh, I really liked uh, Tanahashi in this match. I really appreciated the work he put in, but... Ah, Kenny Omega. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Omega. Kenneth, I don't, I don't, I don't do it. I don't, I don't do it. It doesn't work for me. It, it basically hasn't for a very long time, and it continues to not work for me uh, in this match. The, the one thing I just, that really stuck with me throughout this match, there's a sequence pretty early on um, where both guys are essentially sort of slapping one another, giving each other palm strikes, um, Kenny is, you know, hitting Okada or hitting uh, Tanahashi several times, you know, across the face, across the chest, into the chin. And he's sort of taking it and he's kind of like, you know, oh, this really hurts. He's kind of like he's selling it properly, I feel like he's sort of taking it. He's not really flinching or anything, but you can kind of tell kind of like grimacing and trying to fight through the pain. Tanahashi like smacks Kenny Omega once. And he just, he has to. He, it's like a compulsion for him. He has to, like, flail. He has to act like it's the hardest shot he's ever taken. He's got to, like, I don't know, that's, I think that's the big thing that bothers me about Kenny Omega, is that everything he does has to be so overwrought, so overly dramatic. Every shot he takes, every, you know, bump that happens, every time. Every shot he takes, every move he makes, has just got to be sold like, you know, like it's like the gnarliest thing that's ever happened. It's like, dude, calm down. Take a breath. Take a deep breath. Relax. I, 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 I just... I, uh, to that point, yeah, um, I've read, um, I've never really understood this, but I've read it more than once. A lot of people uh, have criticized Mike Quagamush over the years for having, like, over-the-top facial expressions in the ring for being like maybe a little ridiculous i don't really see him that way but okay sure like if that's not your deal that's fine kenny omega is the king of face that is just ludicrous at all times and i don't understand like i guess it does i don't know i don't get it like he's it's just it's really over the top and if you're fine with that then you're fine with that but then don't turn around and put that on my my quagging bush you know so, all right, I well, decided to say I, that. I, like, I, there are definitely people, you know, I think Quackenbush does it sometimes. Ilya Dragunov's a big guy who uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, does he's that Yeah, he's got well. a little goofy face, too. But it kind of, I don't know, for me it works for him because he's just so authentically, like, energetic and thing. loony. Like, I don't know. To me, that's more endearing. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's a different feeling to me, for sure. Yes, they're just, for, for some reason, there are some people who kind of have those overly... You know, ridiculous faces. I think Edge kind of had the same thing as oh, well. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, sometimes, like for for some guys, that really works. I don't know if it's you know what else they do with their character, what else they do with their wrestling style, what else they do when they sort of hold themselves and conduct themselves in the ring that really makes it work. Uh, you know, those guys like you know they can have the really over the top facial expressions and the really over top over the top reaction to things, and it works. And for Kenny Omega, for me personally, it doesn't. Right, it does yeah. the opposite. It makes everything so much hokier, so much cornier, so much just just worse in general. Uh, and I think he's, you know, the moves, you know, he's an athletic dude. The moves he does are fine. I like, you know, the setup for a lot of his, his stuff. Um, but I don't know. He's just, like I said, he's just so very overdramatic. And this match was, you know, more of the same of that. Um, I think about, I think the one thing I really ended up liking from this match, and I don't necessarily know how much I liked it, but uh, when Tanahashi does the moonsault or the high fly flow to the outside and just crushes that table, I was just like, oh snap, that's uh, that's big, that's a thing, that's 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 cool. I'm I'm down for that. And literally nothing else in this match really made that big of a dent on me. Um, Okada got his knee worked over, like you said, and it affected nothing because he still hit V-triggers and still ran a million miles an hour. Um, at least Tanahashi was 
at least both guys, I should say, super over, super hot with the crowd. Um, anytime they basically did anything, um, you know, they were getting reactions. I, I think one of the things that actually worked against this match for me mm-hmm. was that at uh, one point, both of them basically start trading each other's moves. Um, Okada <laughs> yes. did like Omega, oh, I should man. say. Oh, uh, did man, like you totally, I forgot because I forgot so much about this match. Kenny Omega hits the high five flow on Hiroshi Tanahashi. And he kicks out at one, so I guess the high five flow sucks. You know, you, you made your own move. Look See, like I had the opposite. Oh. For me, that actually super worked for me. Like okay. he hits the sling blade, he hits the high fly flow, and he pisses Tanahashi off doing that. That he kicks out at one, and he's just like, you know, he's standing up, he's like hulking up, and the fans are losing it, and it's just like, oh, you made a really bad mistake, uh, Kenny Omega. You hit. The high fly flow on the high fly flow dude, and he hates it. He is so mad. Um, I think he like immediately got V triggered afterwards, so it didn't really lead to like a, a big blow up spot where he like just lays into uh, uh, Omega, which I think would have been uh, significantly better because that would have been you know that that point I think would have gotten home a lot better had that had gone that way. But instead, uh, Kenny Omega knees him and. The action has to stop while both of them like recover, I guess. But uh, that's what I was fine with. Um, at one, but the thing that bothered me specifically was I'm pretty sure in like the last like few matches there were a couple of other like spot stealing. You know, I'm gonna do your move on you uh, sort of spots. I know uh, um, uh, Naito hit like the code breaker on Jericho. Uh, there was some like tombstone pile driver stuff in the previous match um, with uh, uh, Jay White and Okada. So like, I don't know. For me, it just felt like you know I've literally seen at least some small sort of you know samples of that in these previous matches, and we're still gonna also do spot stealing stuff in this match as well. I don't know. That didn't quite super sit great with me. Um, it's it's Kenny Omega being overdramatic. It's Tanahashi who also has, I think, a tendency to be a, a bit overdramatic as well. Um, yeah, this one didn't. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. And once again, I think this is one of those matches where the crowd uh, helped in that regard. But I will not be like writing home about this match. I will not be telling everybody to go watch this. This is so great. It's so good. This is five star classic, seven star classic, eight star classic, whatever that's fucking worth to you. But um. Yeah, this was it existed. Kenny Omega, not my cup of tea. Um, Tanahashi picks up the victory here, thankfully. Thank goodness. Thank God. Um, and yeah, it was the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. And if you know anything about New Japan and New Japan stylings, you're probably at least uh, 95% of the way there in terms of uh, what you predict and think this match is going to be. Because. <laughs> Certainly was. Yep. Certainly was that. Mm, yep. It was indeed. Uh, yeah, and that wraps up Wrestle Kingdom, which uh, I agree was kind of a mixed bag of a show for us. Um, different mix, apparently. Uh, a little more dissension between us than usual, but still. Um, it, was, uh, it was good stuff overall. Um, you know, uh, the parts I liked, I liked quite a lot. Um, and uh, if you're big into New Japan, then, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be for you probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the, uh, I really enjoyed Okada's performance overall on the show. I enjoyed the, uh, Kushida Ishimori match significantly. That match ruled. Uh, I liked seeing, uh, Los Ingobernables pick up, uh, three championships. So if you're a big, uh, Ingobernables mark, you're probably going to really, uh, really, really enjoy at least the outcomes of the three matches they're all involved with. I had a fun time with that uh, six-man tag uh, gauntlet thing going on at the uh, pre-show. Um, yeah, this was uh, the things that I liked. I can at least very significantly and solidly say I enjoyed the things that happened. It's not like I have to sort of struggle to get there and be like, uh, this was good or this was passable. No, there was, there was some good outcomes in matches, and there were just a couple of matches that really just tickled me in the proper ways. Unfortunately, the ones that didn't, were either middling at best or um, forgettable entirely at worst. 
which uh, for me happened with those uh, specifically those two uh, tag matches and the uh, Jay White or the not the Jay White match, the uh, Juice Robinson uh, Cody Rhodes match was just I don't know other than some of the stuff with uh, Brandy Rhodes just kind of disappeared into the aether for me. So <laughs> I enjoyed the it. good I stuff, the, uh, <laughs> the stuff that I liked, um, I thought was really solid. Really good, definitely worth uh, writing home about. Um, the stuff that didn't was just uh, existent, and it was there, and that's what uh, Wrestle Kingdom was. Uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. You know, you, you folks listening at home know we're not really big uh, New Japan uh, guys or anything, um, but what they do deliver can sometimes be good, and what they do deliver can sometimes be not so good. And I think uh, this show, this Wrestle Kingdom. This uh, version of it, Wrestle Kingdom 13, was just a big demonstration of that overall. For sure, for sure. Um, all right, that brings us to a close here. Anything else that uh, you want to talk about before we call it a day here? Um, I, I will say I've been following the uh, WXW Twitter. I think by the time this episode of the Global Revolution goes up, um, Back to the Roots, I think, should uh, be up for viewing on WXW Live. So mm-hmm. that'll be uh, really cool to check out. Once again, that's, got the, that's the show with the two uh, Kageshloft cage matches, Rise versus Rise and uh, Dragonoff versus Andy. So uh, that'll definitely be something I personally want to look forward to uh, as soon as possible. Um, you still have, I think the big thing everybody's uh, waiting on now is potentially more uh, AEW, all elite wrestling uh, roster signings. Um, I think uh, I think Kenny Omega's contract is up at the end of the month, which I think is what everybody's kind of uh, waiting for to see how that uh, situation plays out. Sure, sure. Uh, yep. For everything. So, the 31st, uh, I believe, yeah. So keep on the lookout for that, because I think that's going to, um, depending on where Kenny Omega goes, if he re-signs with uh, New Japan, if he goes to AEW, if he... Uh, does do the WWE thing. I don't really expect him to, but he could. Um, that's I, either way. I think no matter what he does, that's going to be a, a big news story to be on the lookout for. So uh, be paying attention to that if you want to follow that. And yeah, it's a new year. We started off with a Wrestle Kingdom, and you know now we just have the rest of 2019 to look forward to. And I expect it to be a a really solid, good, fun, exciting year of pro wrestling. So hopefully. You will join us on this uh, journey to check out uh, the year of pro wrestling that is to come. Yep, yep. It's going to be a lot of great stuff, so please stay tuned. Um, if you ever want to give us a shout-out, as I mentioned, we are on Twitter. I'm at SpectralGent. He is at Big Def Energy, B-I-G-D-E-F Energy. Um, also, check out the other great programs on LOP Radio and uh, LordsOfPain.net and LOPForums.com for a lot of great written material. That's LOPForums.com. Hope you will check it out. Join the conversation. Got a lot of great stuff going on there right now. I think that is everything. We'll be back next week with more wrestling, which may have fallen under your radar. Until then, thank you for listening. We have been The Global Revolution. See ya!